welcome to This Week in Video Games episode 105. My name is Tom Kershaw and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. Well this week I've been checking out Stray, the new cyberpunk cat game from Blue 12 Studios. I've also been checking out the remake of Live Alive from Square Enix. And Cuphead is also back with its delicious last course. Plus I've been washing down vans and also parks in Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, all that, plus looking ahead to the best indies coming in 2022. So it's a busy show, so let's get to it. Now, welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. Yeah, I'm good this week. I'm very rested and relaxed after a week off in Portugal just over a week ago. Yeah, me and the missus spent a week in Lisbon and yeah, generally not playing video games at all or doing any work, or really doing anything strenuous. Now, it's really, really hot, somewhere around 30 or 40 a week, and that is about 90 to 100 Fahrenheit for all of my North American friends, although that heat was cancelled out by the air-conditioned buses that we were ferried around in. Now, I thoroughly recommend a good break in the summer if you haven't had one already. I recommend getting out there and getting away if you possibly can. So both me and the wife spend far too much time working each week, and this one was a true holiday filled with good seafood, wine, and also loads of sightseeing too. Well, having said that, it's good to be back and chatting with you about video games once again. And this week, I'm looking ahead to the rest of 2022 when it comes to indie games, having recently been through Steam's Next Fest. Now, on the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to be checking out the rest of the calendar year when it comes to the big AAA releases. But today, I'm going to focus on five of the best indie games that have caught my eye and coming in late 2022 or even early 2023. But before we get into that, it'd be great if you could leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the podcast get some more eyes on it. You know, I do have a link in the podcast description, so if you like this show and you want to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Plus, I read out that review on a future episode of the podcast. Also, if you want to support the show further, check out This Week in Video Games on Patreon. You can check out all of those Patreon benefits. Okay, that is my waffly intro out of the way, and without further delay, let's get into what I've been playing this week. Well, this week, Stray finally came out, and I took the opportunity to finally upgrade my PS Plus to PS Plus Extra, given I only had to pay about £10 until November 2022, which was a little bit more cost-effective than getting Stray at £30. Now, Stray is really, really good fun, definitely the best cat simulator I've ever played. There's also a touching story buried under there, and I'll get into my review first up in the show. Now, I've also been playing another round of Cuphead, this time with their DLC, having played through a couple of punishing games this year with Sifu and Elden Ring. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to jump back in, but once you get back into Cuphead, it is an absolute delight, and I'll bring you that one later on in the show. What well, Live Alive saw its full release this week, and this one is an old-school 90s RPG, and never saw the light of the day in the West as it was a Japan-only release. Well, now it's been remade in full HD2D style, developed by Square Enix and published by Nintendo themselves. And finally, I've been checking out Power Wash Simulator to see what all the hype is about. So given this one is on Xbox Game Pass, so I do have to say I was really pleasantly surprised with the game. This one is a relaxing sim, and I'll check out my review later on in the show. So loads to get through today, but first up, let's dive into my review of Stray. Well, Stray is a new post-cyberpunk 3D platformer puzzler 
where you play as a cat. And this is perhaps the most realistic game where you play as an animal with all the fluid animation and realistic cat-like behaviour built in. Now, Stray piqued a lot of interest when it was first shown off at State of Play back in 2021, and it's finally released on PlayStation and PC. Well, the narrative in Stray is relatively straightforward. This is a post-cyberpunk world where humanoid robots live or have lived and cower in fear in sight of something that's actually living. Now, we start by hanging out with a bunch of cats doing their cat things, rubbing up against each other, meowing, and generally having a lazy time about it. You know, after venturing out of their enclosure, where they were sheltering from the rain, our main protagonist manages to fall down into the depths of the city, losing contact with their cat family. Yeah, ultimately, Stray is one of the most detailed and realistic versions of playing as a cat in video games. I really don't think anything else comes close. Blue 12 Studio have done a great job realising their vision of players inhabiting a cat in their game, with detailed animations, context-aware controls, sounds and also haptic feedback that really draws you into the relatively quiet world. You can jump up on ledges, knock items off shelves like bottles or paint cans, and perhaps most satisfying of all, you can dig your paws into the floor and scratch. You can meow to attract enemies and scratch at planks or blinds to either knock them over or create small openings for you to crawl through. Now, it is all very realistic, and you can see the care and attention the studio has put into the game. So exploration is the name of the game, and there's very little dialogue, if any, as soon as you drop into that city with a hard thud after the opening scene when you lose your cat family, you are encouraged to explore. The controls are simple, they're easy to understand and contextual as well. You can't simply jump around wherever you want, you have to walk up to a prompt and interact with it. For example, if you walk on a ledge or a gap, you'll be prompted to jump. If you walk next to an item like a bottle or something like that, you can knock it over and so on and so forth. The city itself is big, and there's plenty of side alleys and apartments to search. Sometimes you'll be given a helping hand when traversing the environment. If you're really high up, then you can quickly travel down via a bucket attached to a rope. So there's multiple ways to get to locations, so while the game feels fairly linear, you do have a certain amount of choice with how you go about exploration. Well, another main feature of Stray are the puzzles. So these are small environmental puzzles, for example... Early on, you're tasked with finding a key code in an apartment, and given your progress is blocked by a locked door with a four-digit pin. It's then your job to search the apartment for the code, and the puzzles reminded me of the shrines in Breath of the Wild. And they're small, contained puzzles, and they offer up a little bit of brain exercise. Another good example early on is we need to find four plugs in a room, and they're hidden in various places. We have to climb up ladders, hit switches to reveal them, and carry them to a location in your mouth. Yeah, early in the game, you unlock a little helper droid by the name of B12, and he'll be able to help you by distracting enemies, hacking terminals, and generally serve as the cute but useful sidekick. Well, the puzzles come in a couple of varieties. You've got the shorter puzzles and the longer puzzles. So the short ones are often contained to a room or an apartment, whereas the longer ones, you have to collect parts of droids or various items, and that turns our cat protagonist into an investigator. It's your job to collect the pieces of the puzzle, put them together in a coherent solution, and that is something that Stray does very well indeed. Well, the story is delivered through a series of chapters where you get put into different environments. First of all, you've got the closed, cramped city. Later on, you'll find yourself in wide-open areas. You've got the slums, you've got the rooftops, various things like that. There's a sense of openness to the game, but it's really a single-player linear game 
that takes approximately five or six hours to finish. In this day and age, that is very welcome, and this is the kind of game you're going to find coming out of an indie studio these days rather than the big AAA studios. You know, that investment is going into open world or other live service games, but Stray is a nice, neat contained package that starts and ends neatly, which is all too rare these days. So as a compliment to the main story, trying to get back to your cat family, as well as solve some of the mysteries you encounter along the way in the narrative, you've also got these side quests of sort. So we have to restore B12's memories, where we have to determine where to go from broken digital images, and then help B12 remember. You don't have to go out your way to find all of these, you know, some of them are going to pop up as you go through the main story, although most of them have to be sought out through exploration and recognition. And this is where the game works at its best, you know, role-playing as a cat, finding small gaps, high places to get to, and hidden secrets. You know, Stray starts out as a complete mystery, as you continue to explore the world and the story of B12, the city and the robots unveil themselves to the player, and really it is absolutely a wonderful experience. B12 just isn't your standard robot helper, he's more than an inventory system or a tool to be used. This is much more like a relationship from a game like Ratchet & Clank, rather than Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. B12 isn't the only robot that we meet throughout the game, and you're going to encounter robots called the Outsiders, robots who want to escape and find themselves a better existence, as the weight of the city and society long dead weighs down upon them. Now, other characters and NPCs are hard to come by in the game, but the city does an excellent job with its environmental storytelling through posters and other digital artwork. Stray tells the story of survival through the eyes of a small cat, whether it's our feline trying to find their family, or the desperate robots trying to carve out a new existence. Well, Stray is a wonderful little indie game, you know, where you see the world through the eyes of a small feline creature. The journey along the way is touching, albeit rather short. You know, isn't a game out there that allows you to roleplay as a cat in the same way as this? I'm sure that many cat lovers out there are going to really, really love this game. Yeah, based on the reaction on social media, it looks like real-life cats are also interacting with screens, thinking the cat from Stray is real, and it is very touching seeing these videos and these images. So I would 100% recommend Stray, it's unique and memorable, and the gameplay is also fun. Well, the game was developed by Blue 12 Studio, as published by Annapurna Interactive, is available for PS5 and PC, and I reviewed it on the PS5. It was originally released on the 19th of July. 2022. Well, that is it for now from Stray, a great little cat game, really, really recommend that one. But next up, we're going back to an older game. This one came out a few years ago, and this one is the Delicious Last Course, and that is the DLC for Cuphead. Well, Cuphead has returned with their Delicious Last Course, you know, five years after the initial release of the beautiful, yet punishing original game. You, know, you can tell the love that Studio MDHR had for the design and the gameplay, as the delicious last course is just as lovingly crafted and evil in equal measures. You know, Cuphead isn't going to be for everybody, but the development team have added a few helpers here to make the game slightly more player-friendly, so if you loved Cuphead before, then I think you're going to love this DLC. If it wasn't your thing, then this probably won't change your mind. Originally, the Delicious Last Course was planned for 2019. Well, then we all know what happened with COVID and game delays. When I first sat down with the game, I did spend some minutes considering whether this was going to be for me. 
You know, after a year of tough games like Sifu and Elden Ring, did I really want to get beaten up over and over again? Well, that feeling went away shortly after I downloaded the game and started playing. Yes, it is tough, and yes, you will die a lot, but ultimately, here there is a lot of satisfaction. And the gameplay is part of that, and the aesthetic is definitely the other. As far as the story goes, Cuphead and Mugman discover a way to cross the river in the main game and get delivered to a new island where the DLC is set. Well there, Miss Chalice appears and tempts Cuphead and Mugman to eat a cookie. Mugman literally bites and takes the cookie to eat. He dies and Miss Chalice and Miss Chalice replaces Mugman. This was a trick to restore Miss Chalice back to life. Unfortunately, the effects of the cookie don't last too long and they swap back places. But under the advice of a local baker, they set off together and find the ingredients to make the effects last longer, so Miss Chalice can live again. Well, the objectives are then laid out together. We have to collect the ingredients of this magical new wonder tart to permanently restore Miss Chalice. But these ingredients are guarded by some of the toughest challenges in video games, so off we go, and it's good luck to everybody. Well, Miss Chalice offers up some new ways to play Cuphead, so when we first meet, she'll give you a new charm, which can be equipped to allow Cuphead or Mugman to play as Miss Chalice. She does control very differently from our previous protagonists, in that she has a double jump, a mid-air dodge, and an invincible ground roll. And plus she has one more piece of energy, meaning you can take more hits. Put all of these abilities together, and this makes Chalice pretty powerful. You know, I hadn't played Cuphead since it originally came out, so I had to relearn everything, which may have been a blessing in disguise, to be honest, as she does play very differently from Cuphead and Mugman. I imagine if you were going directly from one to the other, that experience could be quite jarring. So it is worth going back to check out Miss Chalice's abilities and how they fare against the previous levels in the original game. You know, if, like me, you found Cuphead to be a painful task, then Chalice may help you out with the earlier levels too. She isn't going to be the magic bullet that are going to help you beat all the levels, but she might just help. The original Cuphead levels hadn't been modified to take into account Miss Chalice's abilities. In particular, the double jump comes in very, very handy indeed. Well, there are six new bosses in the DLC, and depending on how many times it takes to beat them all, it's going to take anywhere between a few hours and about ten hours to beat the whole DLC. Now, I think this is really, really good value, given the DLC is $6.99 here in the UK, and that costs about the same amount as a coffee and a snack from Starbucks or Cafe Nero, or maybe even a cheap lunch. Now, it's also very easy to dive into the DLC immediately. You have to complete a couple of simple tasks, and then you get offered a ride to the new DLC island, and off you go with the new content. Well, this is great, especially in comparison with something like Monster Hunter Rise, where you have to play approximately 20 to 30 hours to get to the new content. Now, this is all down to personal preference, of course. You could argue that given it's a DLC, then you would expect players to have to play through the whole thing. But I do like the way Studio MDHR have implemented this though, as players may have put down Cuphead for a few years, perhaps they didn't finish the original, and just want to jump into the DLC. Well, the boss fights have simple and regular difficulty. I did find it tough jumping into the regular difficulty, given I'd pretty much forgotten the original game after all these years. Yeah, jumping into simple allowed me to get to grips with the fights, and you can raise up that challenge when you are ready. But there is no getting around that Cuphead is a tough game. As I mentioned before, it's not going to be for everybody, and this is a little bit of a shame given how beautiful the game is. But to be fair, Studio MDHR, they have a simple mode for each boss fight, but still, 
On simple, it's still going to be too tough for some players. I'm not a game designer, and I don't have the solution for this. However, it'd be great to see if there was a way to make the game more accessible, given the amount of work Studio MDHR put into the game. You know, would the game be less if it were easier? You know, some would argue so. Personally, I found it frustrating at the start, but then found myself easing into it. You know, finally, really, really enjoying the difficulty. In summary, if you like Cuphead, then you're going to love the delicious last course. There's more Cuphead, crafted for fans of the series, plus fans of the art style and that type of gameplay. I would recommend those who didn't give Cuphead a try to jump in and see what you think. You know, I found the delicious last course tough at start, and then quickly turned into one of my favourite gaming experiences so far in 2022. Well, the DLC was developed by Studio MDHR. It was also published by Studio MDHR. It's available on Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4 and PC. And it was originally released on the 30th of June, 2022. Well, that is it for my review of Cuphead's DLC. Really, really fantastic stuff. And the craft that they've put into the art and the music and the gameplay, absolutely fantastic. So I reckon give that one a go. And if you missed Cuphead the first time, Definitely recommend picking it up. It's a really, really good little indie game. Well, that is it for now for Cuphead, but next up, we had a 90s RPG comeback last week. This one is from Square Enix. It's published by Nintendo. And this one is Live Alive. Well, Square Enix surprised everyone earlier in 2022 when they announced a HD 2D remake of Live Alive. Yeah, the demo is available now on Nintendo's eShop, plus that progress from the demo carries over to the main game. This is very much an old-school Square Enix RPG, so if you're into Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI, then this is something you might want to check out. Well, the Live Alive demo was announced during a recent Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase in June 2022, plus also the full game is out now as well, so if you want to give it a try for free before you jump into the full game, then the demo offers up a couple of small slices of the gameplay with a few characters in the game. Well, Live Alive does have some pretty big competition when it comes to RPGs on Nintendo Switch. Releasing in July with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, having been moved up the schedule to replace Splatoon, and that was moved back to September 2022 because of a delay earlier on this year. You know, I'd not heard of Live Alive, although there is a little wonder considering it didn't see the light of day outside of Japan in the mid-90s. Well, Live Alive is a game about different characters all over the world from different time periods. Each member of the cast has their own story, plus all the stories come together in the latter part of the game, so it is quite an ambitious project. The original game came out in 1994 for the Super Famicom, or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System here in the West, and it was never released outside of Japan. Well, one of the storylines follows a shinobi in the twilight of Edo, Japan. It's up to them to get into a castle and assassinate the evil ruler who's making people's lives miserable. The gameplay isn't just battling, it offers up some nice variation of stealth. And you can, of course, go into battle, plus the weight of the enemy's death weighs heavy on the shinobi's mind. Each time you defeat an enemy, you're going to raise up your XP. There's also a small moment of reflection too. Well, following on for Japan, you've got Imperial China. This time you play as a Kung Fu expert called the Earth and Heart Shifu, and he's on the hunt for new students to teach the ways of the dragon. So he's strong and he's found his craft unfulfilling, you know, given he can beat down everyone in his path. 
The main storyline here is to gather and teach new students. It doesn't sound very enticing on paper, but this one is a very compelling concept, and it really, really draws you in. Well, the final storyline you can try out in the demo is sometime in the distant future. This is a nice change of pace from the previous two Eastern styles. You know, this one is completely different. You play as a robot in the shape of a cube that is travelling through space. Unfortunately, bad things happen, and it invokes the great 80s sci-fi. You know, it's slower pace than the other timelines, but it's memorable nonetheless. Well, the Live Alive demo makes a very good first impression. So if you were interested in the trailers that we've seen from Live Alive from Nintendo in 2022, I would recommend checking out the demo. It's free, plus the progress carries over to the main game, so really you've got nothing to lose from checking it out. The demo is only a thin slice of what we're going to see in the final game, but it's easy to see why it's such a well-regarded game in Japan. For a game that came out in the mid-90s to pull off this scope and scale, you know, it really is very impressive. You know, pair that with the modern HD 2D style. You've got multiple time periods, great voice acting, and also the interesting gameplay as well. Well, Live Alive launched on 22nd of July 2022 on Nintendo Switch, and you can find that demo on the Nintendo Switch eShop. Well, that is it for now for my first impressions of Live Alive. Really fantastic stuff. And if you're an old-school RPG fan, definitely recommend checking out. And of course, that demo is free. Well, that is it for Live Alive. But next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. Well, number 10 this week, we've got Minecraft. That is holding steady at number 10. Number 9 this week, it's down one place from last week's number 8. It's Pokemon Legends Arceus. And number 8 this week, up one place from last week's number 9, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. And number 7 this week, down five places from last week's number 2, it's Horizon Forbidden West. And then at number 6, up a whopping 26 places, it's Far Cry 6. Then at number 5, up one place from last week's number 6, it's FIFA 22. And at number 4, it's Nintendo Switch Sports. That is down one place from last week's number three. Swapping there with number four, it's number three, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Last week's number four. And then at number two, this was last week's number one, it's F1 2022. And back in at number one, up six places from last week's number seven, this one is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Well, that is it for now for the all-platform charts. Good work by Lego there, and Nintendo still dominating the top ten. They got one, two... Three, four, five items, that's 50% of the top 10, owned by Nintendo, so still doing really, really well. Well, that is it for the all-platform charts, but next up we're going to do some washing, and this one is Power Wash Simulator. Well, Power Wash Simulator may sound as about exciting as watching paint dry, but don't let that mundane name put you off. This is a very relaxing and satisfying game, very reminiscent of a recent game called Unpacking. This one is all about cleaning multiple surfaces, removing the dirt with a high-powered stream of water, and it may be the best simulator game out there right now. Well, Power Wash Simulator is currently riding high up there in the top five most popular games on Xbox Game Pass. Its rise to the top has been meteoric, which included a year in early access, where the devs took feedback and perfected the oddly satisfying formula. Think of it like a first-person shooter or a reverse Splatoon. 
know, the concept is simple, the environment is dirty, and you've got to use your power washing unit to clean it. Just point, shoot, and wash is absolutely super simple. Well, there's a career mode in the game with a thin but entertaining narrative. If you're new to the game, then I definitely start here, as you get taught the basics along the way, and the difficulty or amount of items to power wash slowly ramps up over time. So the first thing in the game to clean is a van, then you progress up to houses, playgrounds, and other vast outside areas with a variety of surfaces, and items to power wash. Well, the game is very satisfying, that it's all down to how the game feels. You've got different attachments on your power washer, allowing you to clean surfaces to a high sheen. You've got the attachments and the nozzles offer a variety of ways to spray. This includes spraying your water jet at a wider angle, although if you want to remove the hard baked in dirt, you're going to need something a little bit more focused. You know, while the attachments allow you to change the angle or the water spread, others allow you to change the range that you can spray the water from. If some increase the range and some are more effective at shorter distances. Now, while changing the attachments can be a pain in real life, here in Power Simulator, it's nice and simple and available at the touch of a button on the nozzle wheel. So the feel of power washing is great in the game. There's a relaxing audio track that goes along with the game, although I find myself listening to other things while playing, whether it be music or podcasts. So if you like listening to podcasts while playing something, this could be the best podcast game we've ever seen. You can sit back, relax, and power wash your way into a zen-like state of complete relaxation, and there's a certain amount of getting in the zone, which reminded me of a recent game like Neon White or Tetris Connected. Throughout the career mode, you can earn money from power washing jobs that you complete, and the money can then be invested back into the upgrades from your power washing equipment. You know, I recently bought myself a new hoover and carpet cleaner for my apartment, something which has been long overdue, owing to our recent puppy, but I got the same satisfying from buying new equipment in Power Wash Simulator as I did from buying this IRL equipment. Actually, in the game, the equipment worked even better, but I'm going to take that up with Amazon. So I never really thought I'd be that guy who gets excited by purchasing cleaning equipment, but there you go, here we are. Alongside the career mode, there's also free play that allows you to replay jobs that you've completed. There's also a specials mode where you can take on your favourite locations, or slightly more crazy out there locations like the Mars Rover or a large theme park. Challenge mode is where things get really interesting, and it's where you have to take on jobs and tasks within a time or a water limit. Successfully completing challenges are going to award you medals, and it's a nice change of pace from other relaxing modes in the game. You've also got a multiplayer mode too, where you can take on up to five other players in power washing challenges. Power Wash Simulator does have a lot of relaxing upsides, however, the game isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. If you like recent games like Unpacking or other games in the simulator genre, in which there are plenty of these days, like Tractor Simulator, PC Building Simulator, then you'll likely take to Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, it may not be for you, as I could see, it can be boring. A lot of players on Twitch just hanging out with their chat while they're simply washing along, just chatting to their friends. So it is a decent, simple task that is likely to calm you down, and it's low effort if you want to do something else at the same time. Maybe you've got a really stressful job, like working in A&E or something like that, and Power Simulator could be a decent way to unwind at the end of a very, very stressful day. Overall, I was pleasantly surprised with Power Simulator, and it's also available on Xbox Game Pass 2, so if you're subscribed, I'd give that a go and see what you think. It seems to have struck a chord with fans online with it leaping to the top of the charts of Xbox Game Pass. It's one of the most popular games on Steam right now as well.
So if you want to see what all the power washing fuss is all about, then jump in and try it for yourself. Well, the game was developed by Future Lab. It's published by Square Enix. And it's available on Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, also the PC too, and it was originally released on the 14th of July, 2022. Well, that is it for my thoughts on Power Wash Simulator, an oddly satisfying game. Didn't really expect to like that one at all. But actually, it's really, really good fun. Well, that is it for Power Washing Things for now, but next up, let's have a look at some top indie games coming out at the back end of 2022 and early 2023. Well, 2022 had a jam-packed first few months, although things seem to have dried up a little bit somewhat in recent months with the big AAA releases. You know, not to worry, though, as the indie space has you covered, and today I want to check out five indie releases to get excited about over the next 12 months. Well, this is a selection of games recently featured during Steam's NextFest 2022, and that is an indie showcase on Steam just after E3. If you missed it, don't worry, as today I'm going to cover five of the most exciting titles that we've got coming up. Well, first of all today, we've got Cult of the Lamb. That one is an action roguelike RPG cult sim where you've got to fight through a series of rooms to reach a boss and complete missions. Yeah, between the rooms or the missions, the game shows off its differentiator. You play as a lamb saved by the devil, although in return you have to create a cult. To do this, you have to convert other animals into your cult. And it's a very stylish game, plus it's cute, crossed with evil, making the game pretty unique. The voice acting is surprisingly good with babbling dialogue and they'll egg you on to be nasty to your followers. Now, combat is good fun, although when magic is introduced a few hours into the game, this is where things really ramp up and get entertaining. You could have different weapons and tarot cards with passive buffs to allow you to create interesting builds. As you get deeper into the game, you've got to take more of a strategic approach. Now, things start off simple enough but quickly get more complex, not to the point of frustration but the complexity makes it interesting and kept me coming back. Well, the game is developed by Massive Monster, it's published by Devolver Digital, and releases on the 11th of August 2022 for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and also Nintendo Switch. Well, next up we've got Melatonin. This one is a rhythm game about dreams merging with reality. The music is fantastic and it's super chilled out. So Melatonin uses animation and sound cues to keep you on beat without any intimidating overlays or interfaces. It's simple but very effective with its combination of art, music and satisfying gameplay. Melatonin has a short but very effective tutorial. You have to match a beat with a single button press. Each level is designed to match something about everyday life, which is warped ever so slightly like real dreams. So these are definitely my types of dreams. I've got friends who've got weird dreams about slightly touching shapes. But me personally, I have very mundane dreams like going to work or going shopping, albeit with a slightly surreal twist which is definitely the model that Melatonin emulates here. The visuals are striking and addictive, so you've got to make sure you're paying attention to the music throughout the game, as the visuals are good enough to keep you distracted. Each level has its own unique music and matching to the beat becomes semi-automatic. This is a relaxing variation of a rhythm game, rather than a competitive and stressful one like some can be. And Melatonin is aiming for a release in Autumn 2022. Well, next up, we've got Nine Souls. So Nine Souls is a 2D action platformer from the creator of Detention and Devotion. Inspired by the parrying action of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, this one is a tough little gem to crack, but ultimately very fun if you like Souls games. 
You play as Yi, who attacks enemies with his sword, plus you've got more deflection moves as well as charge-up attacks. You can use a combination of these attacks to charge up Yi's Chi, who can then unleash a large explosive attack to fend off multiple enemies at once. Nine Souls is definitely one to stick on the radar, and this one is currently due out in early 2023. Well, next up we have Terra Nil. It's a reverse city builder where you've got to restore wild areas after an ecological disaster. You have to place wind turbines or power it with structures to help purify the soil, and then place irrigation systems that help restore lush green to the ground below. And once you've encouraged the fields and the flowers to grow once again, you can lay riverbeds and also place dense forests. It's similar to city builders we've played in the past. It's going to feel familiar, but you're not simply placing square objects on the ground. For example, the irrigation system rushes out in multiple directions. You've got many layered systems like power, soil and irrigation all working together in perfect harmony. It is quite a unique game, one I hadn't played before, and certainly speaks to the eco-friendly feelings I have inside at the moment, especially considering the constant heatwaves and wildfires we're seeing across Europe and the US this summer. And this one is due for release in 2022. Well, finally, to round this feature out, we've got Midnight Fight Express, and this one comes from a former Destiny 2 developer, which definitely had me sit up and pay attention. However, this isn't anything like Destiny 2, is an isometric brawler with over-the-top violence similar to Hotline Miami. You play as a former criminal who is dragged back into the former lifestyle by some AI drone who claims they need some help to prevent a citywide takeover, and you have until the sun comes up by stopping some criminal factions, gaining control of the city, and you've got to take on multiple enemies in this brawling beat-em-up. The gameplay is brawling, but you do have some nice amount of moves to learn and skills to upgrade. This is much more Sifu than Final Fight, so you've got a good selection of weapons, exploding barrels, trains and furniture to make your combat even more effective. And this one is due out in September 2022. Well, there you go. There's five indie games to get excited about. You know, I'd love to hear from you about which indie games you're looking forward to in the coming months. You can let me know at TWIVG Podcast on Twitter. Well, this week in video games is every other week, and on the off weeks I tend to do a news roundup, but given I was in Portugal last week, I'm going to cover all the latest news today. Well, first of all, we've got Discord support finally comes to Xbox. This one comes from Jason Goisau out of Game Informer. And before I jump into the story, I do want to send out my support to all the Game Informer crew. The way they've been treated by their GameStop parent company recently is absolutely disgraceful. They've lost a couple of members of staff, And that really, really impacts the GI team. And everyone out there, please go and show your love and support for the Game Informer family. Right, let's get back to that article. Just a quick reminder, that is Discord support finally comes to Xbox. So Jason says, I've struggled to enjoy the communication features in most cross-play enabled multiplayer games on Xbox. And that is because privacy is a luxury I know all too well. Party chat offers a comfy space to speak with friends away from the chaos in public game chats. However, talking to friends on other platforms can be a frustrating process. Until now, that is, Discord support is finally coming to Xbox. Well, a blog post on the official Xbox website states that the long-awaited Discord update will start rolling out today for Xbox Insiders. So just like the desktop app, you're going to be able to create group calls via voice channels so you can connect with PC and mobile players. 
but how could you enable Discord chat when the opportunity arises? We could check out the instructions from the post. So open the Xbox guide, go to parties and chats, and click try Discord voice on Xbox. From there, you can scan the QR code, and that'll take you to Discord and the Xbox apps, and set up a two-way link between your Discord and the Xbox account. So if you've done this before, you are going to have to relink. A new option to join on Xbox will appear on the Discord mobile app, and you'll need to download the Xbox app and transfer your voice chat from Discord to your specified Xbox console. And once the transfer has occurred, you can hop into the voice channel and hang out with your friends. Well, the Discord update will expand to more Xbox players in the coming weeks, so in the meantime, be sure to familiarise yourself with Discord features and happy gaming. Well, next up in the news today, The Last of Us and Uncharted 4 co-director returning to the game development with a new studio. This one comes from Matt Wales out of Eurogamer. Well, Naughty Dog veteran Boost Straley, who served as a co-director on Uncharted 2, Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us before leaving the games industry in 2017, has announced he's returning to game development as an established new studio, Wildflower Interactive, to do just that. Straley broke the news of his return in a video shared on Twitter, explaining, quote, In 2017, I left the industry not sure if I wanted to make games anymore, but the longer I was away, I kept thinking about this medium and everything yet to be done and everything I wanted to do still, and this idea kept following me, end quote. Quote, so I grabbed some friends, Straley continued, and we started prototyping and this idea started getting good. It started becoming exciting again, and I realised I needed to make this game. But if I'm going to make this game, it means I have to build a team. And if I build a team, I have to build a company. And if we're going to do that, we have to do it in the right way, end quote. Quote, it has to be inclusive, equitable and collaborative, full of big-hearted people that want to grow both professionally and personally. And the culture needs to be as iterative as the way we make games, so we are doing it, end quote. While Australia didn't offer any hints as to what Wildflower Interactive First Project will be, the studio's website says it's going to focus on making small-ish, creatively charged, uniquely stylized games that explore the possibilities of our medium, end quote. So Wildflower's current team comes from all across the industry, having worked on games including Call of Duty, Uncharted 4, The Last of Us, Pathless, Abzu, Kenner, and The Astroneer. And Straley says that the studio has already lined up an exciting partner that supports what we're doing and is going to help us reach the broadest audience possible. You know, quote, I'm super excited about what we're building over here, he added. We're making something I've never played before, and hopefully you're going to check us out. Well, next up in the news today, Yakuza 8 screenshots possibly revealed in Studio Tour. And this one comes again from Jason Goisao out of Game Informer. Well, the MMA fighter Makuru Asakura enjoyed his tour of Ryogaga Toku Studio, capturing footage of the various workspaces Sega president Hakuri Satomi, he conducted the tour, and even some new Yakuza screenshots. Asakura might have inadvertently captured images from Yakuza 8 or the Like a Dragon sequel, but without any further context, the truth remains a mystery. Like a Dragon's protagonist, Ishiban Kusuga, and his friends appear in the multiple screenshots, and the charming hero's afro days are behind him as he now supports a slick back hair and ponytail. So based on the Famitsu report that Nibble translated, Yakuza 8 takes place in a new location and Mikiura Asakura makes an appearance. In any case, Ishiban bore his way into our hearts in 2020, so Jeff Cork originally reviewed Like a Dragon and said, And Like a Dragon is a departure from the games that came before it, 
but I found these changes to be revitalizing. As much as I enjoyed the Yakuza formula, it was definitely a formula, and Like a Dragon has enough familiar elements to make it feel at its heart like a Yakuza game. All the while, I fully appreciated how much the new identity this entry is establishing. Here's hoping this is the first step in another great journey for the series. Well, finally today in the news, TMNT, the Cowabunga Collection, starts the party in August. And again, this one comes from Game Informer by Marcus Stewart. So if TMNT Shredder's Revenge hasn't satiated your hunger for the turtles, TMNT, the Cowabunga Collection, should provide a heaping second helping when it transports you back to your childhood on August the 30th. The collection bundles 13 Turtles games across classic arcades into one $40 package. In addition to traditional couch co-op, some of the games now support online multiplayer as well. So here is the full list of the titles. You've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time, you've got the original NES version of the game, you've got Turtles 2, the arcade game on NES, You've got Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, that is also on the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Tournament Fighters, that is also on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, that is on the SNES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tournament Fighters, also on the SNES. The Hyperstone Heist on Sega Genesis. Tournament Fighters on Sega Genesis. Fall of the Foot Clan, that is on the Game Boy. Back from the Sewers, also on the Game Boy. And Turtles 3, Radical Rescue. Finally, that one also on the Game Boy. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Cowabunga Collection will be available digitally and physically on the PlayStation, Xbox consoles, Switch and also PC. Well, that is it for all the latest news from the video game world. But next up, let's have a look at what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. Well, first of all, on July the 26th, we've got Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. That's coming out on PlayStation 4. On the 27th, we've got Octopath Traveler, Champions of the Continent. That's coming out on iOS and Android. On the 28th, we've got a few games. We've got Bear and Breakfast. That's on PC. And Lost Epic. That's on PS5, PS4, and also on PC. On the 29th, we've got Digimon Survive. That's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then on the 29th, the big one for the next few weeks, it's Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and that is coming out on Nintendo Switch. Then we've got South of the Circle, that's on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. That is on August the 3rd, and shout out to my father-in-law, whose birthday is also on August the 3rd. Then we've got Turbo Golf Racing, Xbox Series S and X, Xbox One, PC, and that one is coming out on August the 4th. Well, that is it for this week's episode, and if you want to get involved in the show, do get in contact through patreon.com forward slash this week in video games or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments, your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. Well, you can also check me out on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast or put a comment down on the video on YouTube. We'd really, really love to hear from you, and I'd love to read out that comment or that tweet on a future episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Well, thanks again, and I'll see you soon.